It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Zion plus Atlanta equals trouble. Will Bijan Robinson actually walk on water? And last but not least, and for the culture, I like Michael. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, every time, you know, Tanitra Batiste is not sitting next to me, Aaron, I have to, you know, kind of let everybody know that, you know, it's kind of like a tradition for me. I have to let everybody know that Tanitra will be back. You guys calm down. Aaron is just filling in for her. You know, so you guys, I got to make sure I get it out the way. But Aaron Freeman joins us today, man. Welcome to the show and uh, excited to get this thing rolling today, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me here. We know that Tanitra is the real star of this show. So Absolutely. I'll do my best yeah. <laughs> to uh, fill in her shoes and, and not disappoint the listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, speaking of uh, superstars, how about this? You know, the Hawks have been in trade rumors all over the doggone place, right? We talk about John Collins' been name being thrown out there. He's been rumored to be um, on the on the block again. We got Clint Capella, whose name who's been um, thrown around as well because of the contract situation. The Hawks are trying to figure out a way to get better and also shed salary at the same time. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see whether or not that's gonna actually play out like that. But I think one of the cool things is about this part of the the the, uh, the season as far as for the NBA goes is the speculation, right? Because we know that Zion Williamson has been all over the news so for some reasons basketball-related and some other reasons for – some could say basketball-related too, you know, <laughs> from a shape standpoint. So, <laughs> But I think this one, this one particular trade that I came across, I thought it was kind of interesting, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on it. So essentially – it has the Pelicans sending Jackson Hayes and Zion Williamson to the Hawks, but the Hawks sending back John Collins, who's, you know, kind of, you know, that makes sense. All right. And then Onyeka Okongwu and two more first round, this year's first round pick and the 2024 first round pick from the Sacramento Kings that they got in the Kevin Herter trade. I know based off of your faces and how I kind of threw all that stuff out there, the more I kind of say it and look at it, I don't necessarily know if I'm on board with that, but what, what, what do you think? Do you think that's too much for uh, Zion Williamson? Or let me ask you this: Would you even would you do that? See, this is tough because I have this football mindset, Jarvis. Where my <laughs> my thing is like, we're we'll, we'll talk about the draft and whatnot, and people will ask you like, "Hey, should the Falcons draft this guy?" And I'm like, "Not really. He's a little bit too much of a project." I'm the type that's like, I'll let somebody else draft him, develop them for four years, and then I'll sign him in free agency. Indeed. Basketball doesn't really work that way, but yeah. I have that kind of same mindset with Zion Williamson. He has not quite lived up to the hype. You know, I thought the world of Zion when he came out of Duke and thought he was going to take did? the NBA by storm. <laughs> yeah. um, and he hasn't. Some of that's owed to injuries, but, you know, he's been productive when he's 
been healthy, but he just has not been healthy. And this just feels like a type of move for the Hawks that is more flash than substance at this point in time. And, you know, that trade just feels like, I don't know, like you're really betting big on Zion Williamson at that point. And I just don't feel comfortable betting on Zion Williamson, given all the, let's call them transgressions uh, that have occurred with him over the last couple of years. Yeah. And and I think the, the interesting thing about that is because that's the first thing that people think about when it comes to Zion Williamson, like not li- really living up to the hype, you know, not or not being on the floor. Or you have to use that justification saying when healthy, you know, Zion Williamson may be worth that trade. But when you think it, when you actually d- dig into it and here's, Here's I, I like the football analogy, right? I'm gonna use another one. When the Atlanta Falcons, you know, seemingly want to be more so about, you know, uh, flash and show than substance, you know, you bring that over to Atlanta Hawks. You know, with the State Farm Arena, and some may say well, I can make a case for that. You know, that's the reason why they went with Trey Young and traded um, Luka Doncic because of the flash and because of fitting into the culture and being. Uh, a young brother coming up in the city of Atlanta and being that guy who can draw, put butts in the seats. But I think with this particular trade, like I like the concept of it, but I don't like the name because here's, here's why. Cause I feel like you get John Collins off the books, you know, which is something that needed to happen or needs to happen. And I feel like, you know, you get a guy in Jackson Hayes who's a center because you're trading away a Yucca Congo who's a promising center and a guy you're probably going to have to pay uh, uh, next year because he's going to be a restricted free – he can be a restricted free agent next season. So I think there there is um, the concept of it, okay, you're getting rid of a guy that you need to get rid of and you're bringing back a, a guy who's a potential superstar who could more than more than fit in with Trey Young. But it's just that, that caveat, right, that comes with that. If he's healthy – if he's in shape. So all of those things, I really feel like, you know, saying just from a, from a standpoint of actually doing the trade and going through with it, I just think that, you know, outside of that, do you feel that he will be a good fit as far as going forward with the, with the Hawks? You know, if he saying, let's just say he's going to be healthy, he's going to be in shape, he's going to be ready to roll change the scenery and everything. He's going to change his ways and, and do, do go through all of that. Do you think that that would be a good fit for the Hawks? Yeah, I think it would be because, you know, just going back and dusting off my my Zion takes from like three, four years ago, I'm like, yeah, that, that'd be a fun combination with him and, and DeJounte and, and Trey Young. And the idea of Zion, you know, the, the, the high upside, high reward, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that if he does work out, like, that could be sort of a dominant presence um, for this Hawks team. So the idea of Zion, I'm a big fan of, but I don't know. This is the type of move that I feel much more comfortable about if you're in a, if, if Zion just kind of was in a place or I mean, maybe he is in that place needs a change of scenery, right? but yeah. it, it's not as if like you were getting high level, you know, like you weren't getting what you were expecting from him in new Orleans. And I don't know if Atlanta should be expecting the same, but at the same time, like, you know, it is very intriguing the potential that you could get with a Zion Williamson on this Hawks team. Yeah. And then, and then to add to that, like, can we talk a little, 
off the court situation. Like okay. Atlanta is a um <clears throat> a, a very uh, eventful city. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say that, and um, you know, he got into some eventful, you know, transgressions that you mentioned earlier with with some some a certain type of woman. Like you know, and all of them look alike. If you you know, like they're built the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those old basketballs I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, I just don't know if he would be able to handle the city. Yeah, because I grew up in this city, and I didn't have a five-year contract, $194 million getting ready to kick in once I stepped into the city, you know, or when I was raised up in this city. So I just feel like, man, like, true enough, man, that would be absolutely amazing. If you can guarantee me this dude is going to be healthy, guarantee me this dude is going to stay, um, you know, stay in shape, he shed some weight, get cut, get what he needs to do and do what he needs to do, yeah, that'd be doggone cool. But, man. Like, if you can't guarantee me that and you get to the point where you're stepping into a situation where it's too much to get into, and given how green he's kind of portrayed himself to be in these past couple of weeks, uh, Aaron, I just, I'm just not, I can't, I don't. I just don't think it makes sense at this yeah. point. I, I got you, Jarvis. I mean, the, as we speak, the sharks are circling, just getting ready for Zion to come to Atlanta. Um, and and what you think I'm talking about with the sharks, you know, I'll oh, let your imagination oh, run wild. But yes, absolutely. you know, there, there is chum in the waters now, based off of what we've heard recently about Zion Williamson. And uh, you know, Atlanta, I don't know if is a great environment uh, for you know that fish to be swimming in this sea. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens with that. Cause he'll be a big fish. <laughs> Very big fish with a big check. And yeah. With that combination coming to town, man, look, like There's you said, the blood in the water. My friend. Speaking of blood in the water, uh, a B. John Robinson. My, now let me go ahead and say this y'all. Aaron Freeman predicted B. John Robinson. To come to the Atlanta Falcons. He talked about it was back in November of last year, like before the season was even over. He was already talking about B. John Robinson becoming a Falcon. Now we're about to talk about is he gonna walk on water this year from a production standpoint? Ooh, don't go nowhere. We'll talk about that next. But first, I gotta let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sports book in America. Guess what, y'all? Y'all rocking with us each and every day. Right here on ATL Day 1s. We got main man Aaron Freeman right here. He messing with the fan duel, too, because, you know, he, he winning money, man. The man is an absolute profit. So, yeah, guess what? Y'all need to check out Locked On Falcons if y'all want to win some money. And go to fanduel.com slash locked on because they are the number one source for all your betting needs. And guess what? For all your new customers, they have the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win so if you are looking to win some money you're looking to check out what the over-under will be for B. John robinson this year we're gonna talk about that in a second so you know you need to stick around for that because we're talking about winning some money all, all you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel make every moment more it is the official sportsbook betting partner of major league baseball we got Aaron Freeman back here on ATL Day 1's filling in for Tanitra Batiste today. I am Jarvis Davis. Don't go anywhere. Tanitra will be back. I'm telling y'all, 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 been, y'all been tripping, man. Y'all calm down, man. She will be back. She is the star of this show. 
But guess what? We're going to talk about another star um, right now. Bijan Robinson, obviously drafted in the first round for the Atlanta Falcons. Aaron Freeman picked him to come to the Falcons, and you know he and here he is. And but one thing I start going through, Aaron, is the fact that. You know, when these rookies come in, obviously they're going to be a certain level of expectation, right? And when you have a running back, you know, drafted, you know, as high as he was, it's kind of hard not to have high expectations. So, you know, for me, I started doing doing a little digging, right, and started to trying to figure out, like, what's a good number or what's a good level of expectation to expect from him. And I came across some, some very interesting numbers, right? I looked at Alvin Kamara back in 2017, your third-round pick um, for the New Orleans Saints, right here in the division, right? So it's kind of easy comparison. He was uh, um, paired up with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram kind of compares a little, a little very similar to, you know, Tyler Algier, ramrod type of guy. Um, uh, Mark Ingram had about 230 carries that year. That's a good number, I feel, for Tyler Algier. And – uh, think of what is he? Uh, Alvin Kamara had over 120 carries that year, and he had 81 catches for 800 yards, five touchdowns, and he rushed for eight touchdowns in that season and went on getting, um, end up getting the Offensive Rookie of the Year award that year. Are those numbers a little bit too high for you, or is that kind of where you fall? Where as far as like, okay, as far as splitting the carries, the touches, and everything like that, this is kind of what B. John Robinson needs. This type of role that he needs, to uh, Alvin Kamara type role. Well, I think Bijan can can fill that Alvin Kamara type role for the Falcons. I mean, the question is going to be: Will he get the passing opportunities that Kamara got in New Orleans? Um, given you know the Saints' propensity to throw the ball and the Falcons' propensity not to throw the ball, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I think what's interesting is you go back to last year when. Cordero Patterson came back from his injury starting in that Chargers game and through the up to, I think, the bye week, the Falcons had all three of their running backs and, and CP, Tyler Algier, and Caleb Huntley healthy. And mm-hmm. if you look at the split that they had during that stretch of games, you know, Patterson had about 50 carries. Algier had about 47 carries. Huntley had about 18 carries. You could also throw in Marcus Mariota with about 30 carries to make up the bulk of the Falcons rushing attack during those five or so games. And I'm thinking that we'll see something similar with this three-headed backfield where right. you'll probably get Bijan. I, I would probably project him to get the bulk of the carries, but I think the number between him and Algier, similar to what it was with Patterson uh, in, in Algier during that stretch, will be very close. So like they'll, they'll kind of split carries, and then you'll get a couple of carries for CP sprinkled throughout so, like, I, I did some number crunching because a listener for Locked on Falcons asked me sort of how big a role CP would have a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did a rough estimate. So I, I could see in terms of carries, like Bijan getting like 200, Algier getting like 180, and then maybe Patterson getting like 90, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, the question with those guys when it comes to, like, how many overall touches and how involved they're going to be in a passing game, it's really going to boil down to who is the guy that the team relies on in pass protection to stand next to, to Desmond Ritter a lot. And we saw in Patterson's first year, that was Mike Davis. And that's why Mike Davis continued to get a lot of looks late in the season. And last year that kind of emerged to be Algier a little bit more than CP. Uh, not to mention, I think, given some of the concerns of Falcons at the wide receiver position, we might see CP line up a little bit more out wide. 
but I, I thought Bijan was a really good pass protector in college. Um, yeah. But at the same time, because I think Algier did such a good job, you, the Falcons don't necessarily need Bijan to be that every down um, player. Uh, but all this to say, I think probably by the time we get to the years in, you'll probably see Bijan emerge as like the main guy similar to how we saw Algier get so much better in the second half of last year. I yeah. kind of expect Bijan not to necessarily light the world on fire like week one or in September, but by the time we get to November, December, Bijan should be hitting his stride and, and starting to get more looks than Algier at that point in time. So I think ultimately you'll see Bijan probably get the bulk of the touches and carries, but it'll be for most of the season, it'll probably be a, a roughly 50-50 split where both guys will probably – average about 10 to 15 carries a game um and you know hopefully you won't necessarily be able to tell the difference between the two in terms of the falcons rushing offense maybe Bijan is a little bit more capable of breaking some of those longer runs getting some of those explosive plays but for the most part whether it's Bijan, algier or cordero patterson in any game the falcons just gonna be grinding teams down into the dust yeah, man. That's the one thing I've always admired about Arthur Smith. The one thing about him, he's not going to overwork his guys. Like he's he's gonna have more so have like a set number, not a hard number, but like a lot of times he has a, a good idea of how many touches he wants all of his guys get before uh, going into as far as from a game plan standpoint, going into games. And, and I think he did a masterful job, like when he brought brought um, Cordero Patterson in. And I think you bring up a good point when you're talking about Mike Davis as far as that pass protection, because a lot of times. You know, I know you got these questions, too, on Locked on Falcons. We got it a lot. You know, when I was uh, at the radio station I used to work for, he was like, why is Mike Davis playing in the game? There's no way he's horrible. He can block. He can he can block on third down when when uh, quarter pad, quarter passer got stuffed in the first two downs. You know what I'm saying? So those are some of the things that people, you know, need to pay attention to when, when you talk about rookie running backs and why those guys get on the field. That's why I thought Tyler Algier did an excellent job in preseason from a pass pro standpoint. And he that was one of the reasons why he worked his way onto the field. And then you start seeing the production as the season went along. And he was like, okay, we can put you, we can leave you here on third down. All right, cool. We're gonna use some more carries. You know, you're gonna earn those things. And I think that, you know, the just from a, a usage standpoint, with the whole Bijan piece, I I, I do I, I'm with you on the, the fact that I feel like he's gonna be worked in. I don't think he starts like starts, you know, uh, in game one. But I, I do feel like he's going to be a key piece. And I think that the way the Saints used Alvin Kamara, just from a standpoint of like making sure they give him the rock on third downs, you know, uh, coming out of the backfield and, you know, when they're in pass situations, I think that I think Bijan is going to be able to, to take advantage of those situations because, like you said, you're going to have some some guys, you know, on the on the field you know, that you got to pay attention to in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And I want to ask you something about Kyle Pitts in just a second. But, but I think that Bijan is, is is in a really good space to where he has the potential to, you know, maybe grab an end-of-the-year award, you know, because of all of the personnel that they have. And obviously with the offensive line having an opportunity to maybe get a little bit better than they were last year, I, I really feel like there's going to be something there. Um um, to to kind of keep an eye on, I think that you know Bijan will. He's I feel I feel like he's gonna you know I don't think he's gonna walk on water you know turn water to wine, but I really do feel like this dude's gonna be super productive because he's in good hands with Arthur Smith from a play call standpoint. Now, 
now, you know, Aaron, man, like, you know me, man. Like, I'm a guy that kind of, you know, pay attention to the tea leaves, read up under the lines, you know, pick up something. You know, I'm like, all right, let me look up under the carpet here. There's a little bit something more to it. But I feel like, you know, Kyle Pitts and Taquan Graham got injured in the same game, right? Correct? They got injured mm-hmm. in the same game last year, right? Now, and from my understanding, you know, they both tore up their knees, right? They tore a ligament in their knee, right? And uh, I was up at practice. I saw Taquan Graham out at practice. He was actually moving around, running around, and everything like that. And, and you know, man, you know, I'm talking to a couple people up at, you know, Falcons training camp, you know, some couple people cover team and all that stuff, just kind of snooping around. Ain't nobody seen Kyle Pitts, man. Like, nobody. Nobody seen the man. So, with that being said, being that it's a – it's uh, June. It's mid June right now. We're going into the the last uh, the last week or so of June. If we ain't seeing Kyle Pitts, how is he gonna be ready for Game One, uh, Aaron? Yeah, this is a it's an interesting topic because I talked about this the other day on Locked On Falcons, and I I basically said until we get the training camp and he's missing practice and training camp, I'm not gonna worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to assume that this is Arthur Smith being his very very conservative uh self with uh injuries we, we saw that in the first preseason yet where he's like i ain't playing nobody in the preseason. <laughs> right i ain't playing yeah, nobody ain't nobody yeah. getting hurt on, on my being a mistake too and so i i think i think they're being extra cautious with kyle pitts right like okay. we don't really need kyle pitts in ot which makes sense yeah you yeah. know we we, we just kind of need him in in august right and yeah. so that he can start gearing up so i'm assuming that's what it is now if we get to that first week of practice and, and training him and Kyle Pitts is you know still limited. I'm like, okay, like, what's going on here? What, what, what's this all about? But yeah. uh, until then, I, I'm I'm not gonna panic too much about Kyle Pitts. You know, hanging out. You know, as long as, long as he's not getting the Zion <laughs> Williams and things. You know, off the off the field. You know, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't want to have Zion Williamson type conversations about Kyle Pitts. Like, yeah. Lord knows, if you, I'm sure you guys have been listening. You know, if you heard the conversation about Zion Wilson, we do not want to be talking like that about Kyle Pitts come fall. Yeah, not interested in that in, at all. What I am interested in is you everydayers. We appreciate you guys for rocking with ATL Day Ones. You know, we we have a a, a, a nice little you know uh, rotation of guests. You know, when Tanisha is out, Aaron Freeman is filling in today. And uh, we appreciate you guys for being everydayers for Locked On Falcons as well, because we know if you're rocking with us, you got to be rocking with Locked On Falcons. Come on now, what are you doing with your lives if you're not? So, yeah, we appreciate you guys for that. And if you're everyday, go ahead and drop it in the comment box. Really appreciate that in advance. But, Aaron, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. Like, um, Aaron, you know, I don't know if you know, but I'm from the, the Atlanta metro area, and my boy, Killer Mike, he dropped the album on Friday, and when I say he has the city buzzing, man, like, this is, this was an album that just kind of just brought back memories for me, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of old Atlanta, you know, not like A-T-L-A-N-T-A, I'm talking about A-L-A-N-N-A, like, that's what it reminds me of, Atlanta, you know, so... But, you know, um, I I brought this up because I want to kind of get your thoughts. Have you, first of all, have you heard the album? I have not heard the album. I did hear the song with Andre 3000 because, you know, I got to follow Andre 3000. Like, oh, he's he's spitting verses? Okay, let's let's go see what what he 
what he put out there. So I did check that out. Uh, I'll, I'll have to check out the rest of the album. I haven't been really fooling with Killer Mike the last couple of years just because he's been saying some wild stuff outside of the the, the studio. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. he's just, he's been put on that list of mine of people where I'm just like, I'm not going to rush out to check out his <laughs> album unless someone tells me it's good, you know, but I'll, I'll check it out. You know, if you're, uh, you know, you're putting that out there that, you know, it's worth checking out. I'll, I'll check it out. So I, I've heard the Andre song. I, I like that song. Yes, um, yes. It is an excellent know, song. Andre yes. 3000, Future, Killer Mike. You're like, you can't really go wrong with that combination not bad. on the song. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check out the rest of it uh, as this week unfolds and, and see what's up. Yeah, man. I, I uh, like I said, I've um, I got a chance to meet Killer Mike back in the day, man. Like long back in the day. Like I'm talking about like passing out CDs on in Buckhead, like the type of situation. So yeah, he's he's a guy that I feel like from a growth standpoint. Like I feel like this album, he kind of really just opened up about you know things he's been going through, and it, it was just a really cool um, um, picture of like who he is. And I, and I think that you know naming the the, the album Michael was kind of spot on. I thought you brought up something that was kind of interesting I want to ask you about. Like, you're talking about going out and go get an album. Like, how do you purchase your albums today? Because I know for me, like, I get frustrated because, like, I got to go to get a subscription, to go to Spotify, you know, I pay this for have access to all of this. I'm like, no, I don't want to have access to all that. I just want to buy one album. So how do you go out and go get an album? Do you physically go out and go get it? Or do you kind of like sit at home and like, oh, just download it or just listen to it on one of these thousand million streaming apps that are out here as far as to be able to listen to music? I, I'm, I'm a streamer. I'm a Spotify guy. Okay. Um, I don't even know where to go to, to purchase an individual album. I, I, <laughs> I don't think yeah, I've done that in I like 15 like years. So I, I don't even know. Like, once Sam Goody closed down in like 05, like I, I, so I had nowhere else to go. You had to you figure know? something out, right? <laughs> you know? so I, I guess I got to get on the streaming bandwagon at, at this point in time. Oh, man. I am so kicking and screaming, man. I, I feel like an old man when I'm talking about this particular subject. But, yeah, I'm kicking and screaming talking about, yeah, let me go get 1099 or whatever it costs for Spotify. I'm just like, I don't want another subscription. I'm sorry. Like, with the plus apps and all this stuff, man, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool on that right now. But, yeah, man, one, one last thing before we get out of here. Now, you know, I'm going to take you back, you know, back in time. Uh, 2011, you know, Cora, Cora Beerman and Kim Zosiak, they got married. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, I don't know about you, but when I heard that he was marrying Kim Zosiak, now she's the big, she was big time on, on, on I guess big time on, Real Housewives of Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Only reason I know about it is because my wife is a big fan. She's been watching it for years, and I had no choice to watch it, so here I am. Um, do you, did, did you see this coming? I know for me, I was just like, there's no way that this lasts because when you have a guy that had 23 and a half sacks in eight years for, with one team, uh, more than likely he ain't going to get another contract. Uh, and once that money run out, she's out. And it seems like that might be the case right now because she just filed for divorce. Yeah, I heard there's some there's some issues with the IRS too. You know, they, they owe some money or whatever. So like I don't seven know. Seven figures, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's related. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I mean, when you you ask the question, did I see this lasting? No. I, I, I do remember 
when <laughs> this was a big topic of the day, right? You know, like a decade ago, basically. Imagine um, that. <laughs> you know, when when Croy was playing and everybody was hating on Croy and it was like, oh, it's, it's Kim's fault that he's he, he's playing bad. You know, <laughs> yes, like, yes, you, yeah, you remember that, right? <laughs> yes. So, like, you know, I haven't spent too much time thinking about it the last couple of years since, <laughs> since Croy, you know, stopped playing for the Falcons. Right. Um, but you know. The fact that this is, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, if you had asked me in 2013, I'd be like, yeah, this is not going to last. And now that we're, you know, here in 2023, I'm like, oh, that's that's a shame. You know, like, <laughs> I, it seemed like it was going fine. You know, it's all so genuine, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just saying like, oh, man, you know, y- y'all had it going for 10 years. You were you were you were right. bucking my expectations. So, you know, now. <laughs> You know, now it's the IRS and apparently bad blood and it's, yeah, you know, it's, man, it's like, stuff straight out of a reality TV show whoa, type of thing. So I, I guess, that, man. you know, it, it all came full circle on that one. Yeah. And they actually had a reality show like Croy Mayonnaise Beerman had a, re- a reality show. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was uh, safe to say that Kim Zosiak was the star of that show as well. And um, and unfortunately, it has come to an end. And unfortunately, this show has come to an end as well, man. Time flies when you have it fun. Well, my main man, Aaron, we appreciate you uh, for uh, for joining us today. And we also appreciate you guys for rocking with ATL Day 1s and making it your first list of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. And now, everydayers, yes, everydayers for ATL Day 1s and Locked on Falcons. I know y'all rocking with both of us. Come on now. Why wouldn't y'all? Y'all ain't got nothing else to do. How about that? Drop a comment in the comment box below. Right there. Right there. You know, drop it right there in the, in the comment box, man. We appreciate you guys. We give you a shout out on the show. And last but not least, before we get out here, if we're going to do anything else in life, make sure that you both share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love. Stop being living up under the same roof and not liking each other and not speaking to each other with lawyers having to be in the vault. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.